listen and subscribe to the Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. The other thing I think that jumped out at me was is, um, watching Naomi with the, the the whole when she was on the Chesamoya, Chesamoya, um, her ship, the ship that she bought for. Um, for the chess is a mocha. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So, watching her go through all the crap that she went through aboard the Pella when she was um when she was kidnapped by Philip, and then watching that sort of fall into uh her time stranded on the ship and then making the space jump, you know, as a last just last ditch effort. I agreed with you initially that she is very annoying. <laughs> but however, having rewatched all that she went through in season five, like all she put herself through, I should say, in season five to try to redeem Philip and then eventually being like, all right, man, this kid's like he he's he's on he's off the reservation. He's clearly his father's son. I'm out. I gotta tell you, it hits a little different when you watch it in a string as opposed to weekly. Mm. It's not nearly as annoying, and you, she becomes a very sympathetic character. Very sympathetic. You feel for her in a very, very different way. It's hard to watch. All of it is very, very hard, and it just gets harder as as it progresses through from the thing with Philip to the to uh, the dinging her boy on the head <laughs> to. To basically knowing that she was gonna kill him if she did the if she did the jump out the airlock the whole bit, then you know dehydration and starvation on 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 her ship on on the ship she bought for Philip. <laughs> Telling you, ma'am, it she becomes a much more sympathetic character. Like you feel you feel less like yo you making really dumb decisions and more like I I get it that was from the heart. True, true, true. I could see that. I could actually it, definitely. It's see that. it's a hard when you, you on rewatch. It's hard to digest all in one sitting. Yeah, that's a good example. Of also, what I pointed out again, she's still a human being in the midst of these extraordinary circumstances um, and having to make these really really tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what makes that that so so impactful. Yeah, but she still sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and with that, we shall start the episode. Welcome, everybody, to Blurred Lines. It's your man, Cam. We're here recapping The Expanse, the last season. It's right. Episode four. Um, with me, as always, is... Hey, it's Josh, a.k.a. The Cake Eater. I didn't know we started recording. I'm still eating food. <laughs> as well as... It's the professor, your man, D. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and uh, we're here recapping episode four, a.k.a. fucking Holden. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, once again, Captain America slash Boy Scout slash. Wow. <laughs> you know, their relationship, his uh, his relationship, he and Amos remind me so much of Bats and Superman from Just mm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like so, it. Like, Amos yep. is so much Bats yep. and, mm-hmm. and Holden is so much yep. uh, Clark Superman. Yep. And they have those moments of philosophical differences that are great. That is just so, so amazing. Yep, yep, yep. 100%. So, uh, at the end of last uh, episode, you know, 
Holden and Marcos were having a little dog fight. Actually, really good fight, actually, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, our girl Bobby fires a nuke and the nuke hits, but doesn't explode. It's a quote unquote dud. We find out that Holden disarmed at the last second. And so now we see the fallout of this episode. <clears throat> and with that being said, I thought that was interesting the way it kind of gotten, um, uh, you know, Peach is the one that finds it out. She tells Amos, Amos goes to him on some just like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's all through the beats and the mechanism of the overall structure because like mm-hmm. you know naturally the fact that uh, the, the, okay this is the Rasnani, the and they just got brand new missiles from our the joint fleet you know the the odds of there being a dud are highly are highly astronomical especially in that moment where they got the enemy dead to rights ends the war, all of that stuff, or at least slows it down significantly. And um, and there's a dud. So you know Amos, the first thing he's going to do is check to see, make sure the others are fine, and to make sure, and, to see, and possibly see what happened with the other one. But, you know, as you said, he tasked his apprentice, mm-hmm. and he's trained her diligently, so she mm-hmm. finds even the things that you know, again, holding wouldn't suspect, and yeah, they find out. Yep, I think that was dope because that that kind of um, again it, let, it lets it evolve over the episode, and so each person kind of has their own like you know Bobby because she's pissed because she's a soldier, so she's like, what the fuck? I just I just did this miraculous shit, and then the last part didn't happen. Like, what the hell? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, like that was dope. Yeah. I also like the the very touching moment once again. Amos and uh, Bobby were singing Alex's a song, which kind of gives him again a clear like he hasn't been forgotten through the uh the show yeah that was great and i, I mm-hmm. like they, they were playing his music and they kind of commented on that i thought that was really really dope and then um even like i said amos confronting holden because you know like you said batman over here is like yo what's going on here <laughs> we have a mission and apparently yeah. we're not on the same page it's if we're not on the same page why am i here <laughs> exactly it's all about the mission yeah <laughs> amos is like yo i could be on the moon smashing chicks and drinking beer but instead i'm out with you in this fight that's not ours and now yeah. you're telling me that you're not trying to end the fight hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's one of those moments where it's like you know again tell me now are you going to do this every time there's an opportunity to take out the pellet because that's going to be a problem mm-hmm. and take well, out marco what jumped out at me though is why and maybe you can speak to this d but I don't understand why he didn't just tell him what he like, why, what his motivation was, because I'm sure, especially with his relationship to Naomi, especially, you know, with his soft spot for certain for certain things. If he told Amos that he didn't do it because he didn't want to be the one to kill not only, you know, Marco is whatever. But ain't nobody on that ship or anywhere else got love for, for Marcos, for, for Marco at all but philip was on the ship and he saw him so to me that would have been easy just like yo you know i mean you know i spazzed she i I saw i saw naomi's kid on the on on the ship and you know i didn't want to want to be the one that took him out you know what i mean like yeah even being the softy that he can be i think he would have understood that uh yeah yes and no i think i think 
I think there's a two, there's a couple things at play. I think one, Holden being who he is, uh, at the end of the day, he sometimes is a righteous bastard, and he does <laughs> believe that the decisions that he makes are the right ones, and he doesn't mm-hmm. care what others think, and so he doesn't feel the need to justify himself. And you saw that, we saw that the that's what triggered everything, right? With the cannabis going right. back yeah, to exactly giving the Puerto Monocle to Fred Johnson, you know, and all even up to the conversation where where Amos confronted him, he was like, "Yo, I don't have to explain anything to you." Yeah, which exactly. I thought was so, weird, but not out of character for him, right? Yeah. And he said, "And you know, hold." And at this point, he Amos isn't someone you can provoke to anger on petty. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if only time you provoke Amos to anger is if you put your hands on him and is and is is if you are a threat to his life or the people he cares about. That's when mm-hmm. you provoke him to anger. Um and but so Amos calls him out, you know, he's like, Are you mad at are you upset because you know I called you out on it? Or are you upset because you don't you can't really explain it? And I think Amos would have accepted it, but again, Holden mm-hmm. took that position. But I also think there uh, is a, there is a uh, uh, a bit of in in the of side of Amos that would have still com- compartmentalized where they are in the situation. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. At the end of the day, Naomi let Philip go. He would have told Holden that you know uh, Naomi let him go. So. Do what you got to do. This is a situation where we can, we got to end this war. And so, you know, what if the next time he's gonna he's on that ship? Are you gonna still you gonna flinch then? So I I, I don't I think that's the reason why Holden decided not to, and why Amos probably would have been more okay. No, he would have been okay if he had just been forthcoming with it. Yeah. At the same time. He would not have been okay with the fact that he did it just yeah. for that reason. True. Because that literally could have not ended the war, but it could have severely helped it in general. Oh, it and, would have hurt. I mean, yep. it would have it would have allowed the joint fleet to spread out to then go and do whatever they needed to do at the ring gates. Um, and it also would have would have stemmed the tide for events of later, you know. Yeah, so exactly, that, exactly. That's 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 why it's one of those damn it holding moments. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> why we love yeah, hate exactly. Holden. <laughs> and why yes. he's a great protagonist and a great character. Uh, and then also um it was a good moment with him and Peaches where now Peaches who's now taking the role of uh you know uh heart of the team now because uh, you know we don't have Alex but um I thought that that moment was really dope and I also like that she was like you know the moment I wasn't gonna kill you was <laughs> but i like that she kind of explained that and kind of showed that like there's a reason why and that's why i'm still well you know she's all you know along with the mission as well because she actually kind of believes and kind of agrees with how he handles things yeah i I thought that that was cool that she kind of let him know that you know Mm -hmm. as a just like i should have killed you but i didn't and now that i haven't i'm glad i didn't (laughs) yeah yeah i think you know that again that's one of those moments where you see the real growth and progression of a character who started off and was introduced to us as an antagonist. And I say antagonist instead of villain, because again, she had her motivations and uh, that that's the famous literary quote about literature uh, that, you know, no one's their own, a villain in their own story. You know, it's not even about literature, just, you know, and so 
she had her reasons for doing what she what she did. And I think Holden eventually starts to understand that. I mean, obviously, now that they're not at each other's throats. And so he he's able to sit down and listen to her story. And the the funny thing is that here these two are the irony of that scene without having to be stated, you know, once trying to one 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 to kill the other the other one put her father in jail and now they're sitting and she's comforting him about a moral decision that he made telling him no you shouldn't feel bad about not killing someone don't let them despite you know what everybody else has said they're right they're not wrong but at the mm-hmm. same time don't feel bad for not murdering a bunch of people bad bad what's interesting though is in Clarissa's case, she does see herself as the villain in her own story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Redemption, redemption. No, she does. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's on, that's why she's on the path of redemption. And I think that's why she's working harder to kind of redeem herself, mm-hmm. even though she knows she'll never be fully redeemed. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the small, like every episode, they give her a moment that kind of just, you know, pushes her along to get for that redemption. Yeah. And, and and it lists more empathy from the um, the audience as well. So you're kind of just like, oh, OK, I guess yeah. it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think it's, it's also dually a device from the writers to say, do not forget that. This is the same woman who killed an innocent man. Yep. The family. And woman, family. Mm-hmm. She's mad people. To that. advance her own selfish plot. You know, she's capable of that. Right. And so, and so that's, again, that's the greatness of the pro- character progression is that we're not losing sight of ever of who these characters are. Right. Even in this, even then when the narrative is marching towards its, its finale. Yeah. And then also now with um, Avisarella talking to deal with all the stuff on the series, I thought that was dope, too, because you have a reporter doing what she does, does, does well. She reports, but uh, adding a certain level of empathy in terms of what what she's trying to portray for the Belters and the Earthers. And also she sees the larger thing where she's like, oh, I'm not really here trying to convince other people. I'm actually trying to convince Arvisarella that the Belters are people just like the Earthers. And that's the part that she's been grappling with for a long time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good moment where she kind of let her know that. She's like, yeah, this is more for you than this for everybody else (laughs) because it makes you kind of (laughs) cold. Yeah, and Abbasarala is working off of uh, off of there's a vengeance in her yeah. uh, because of her husband, right? So yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, she wants she wants to end Marco in the worst way, and she'll grind down everything in her pathway to to get that to uh, see that result. I thought it was also interesting on um, on series that we saw that. Um, Sangerini, despite all those things, is still pumping for Marco. You know, it's still, it, it's not that easy. So, yeah. again, um, it goes to the whole thing about, you know, these are still human beings reacting in extraordinary circumstances. Galactic war, alien threats, starvation, you know, modification or asphyxiation. They're doing all these things, but they're still behaving like humans, still showing allegiances to, you know, despite the fact that Marco left them high and dry. Yeah, it, felt, um, it almost felt like she was talking about belters in general, not just Marco, but it was yeah. a Marco thing. But it felt to me, it felt almost like it was almost like the belters within Marco. So it wasn't necessarily him specifically. But yeah, it was also like, don't, yeah, don't trust, for me. yeah, like don't trust the inners, but 
we still got to do shit for ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was that was actually dope because it was more. That's what I meant more than the march of Slump for Marco is not is this. It, it didn't turn the tide of yeah. them saying, "Oh well, you know, they knew who plant who did the like yeah, the yeah, right. stupid, but they knew who did what they did, but they're not yeah. turning on Marco uh, in that way. That's that's what I mean. Like they're not still willing to share information or 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 cozy up to uh, the Inuloda, as they say. <laughs> Inulodas, yeah. and yeah. then and then we have our girl Trummer. She out here as a pirate, just doing her thing. She like drama. she getting she collecting more people. They just the raid on Mark one of Marco's uh uh was it storage stashes of uh shit that he stole from the people. <laughs> and nobody on that show gives a speech like drummer. True. Nobody has the best speeches on that show. On she, the is of, she is the Captain America of this <laughs> and in the moment where you where there's a high tension and you you feeling it, it's drama that that's pumping. She's had yeah, you're right. She's had the most like just fist pumping rah rah speech and rah rah speeches of all the of all the characters. Absolutely. Hell yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's another great moment in the story progression in that uh, Marco, you start to see each episode is peeled back the type of asshole he is. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, uh, <laughs> basically. Uh again, you see he's he has all these um these supplies that the belt could use and he's stockpiling them. Now obviously he's gonna distribute it, but he's doing it almost like a like a um like a gangster almost like not like mm-hmm. a someone who's uh trying to establish an actual nation or government or you know anything like that and so well because he, he's a te- he's a terrorist and not an administrator he's yeah, making yeah. it more and more obvious as time goes along and right and he's delusional I, yeah what i said he's delusional in that he believes that he's actually the opposite of that—that that he's a mm-hmm. builder, that he's a leader, that he's yeah. this, this person that should be revered as as a military commander as well as um, a leader of a, of a nation. Yeah, and I think well, that's actually really I, dope how they do that. And I like um, uh, uh, and one of the things that I love as you point that out is uh, his second in command steadily calling him out, but like calling him out in a way like they won't get killed. <laughs> say again. That won't get her killed. <laughs> well, not only won't get her killed, but it's clear that she's still about the cause, that she still mm. respects Marco as a leader. But mm-hmm. she's also like, dude, you gotta like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rosenfeld has been great, and she's been a better and better character, and they've been inching her along as a better and better character as the as the as the season wears on, and she's giving her more of a more of a voice and more of a role. But she's definitely like, yo, dude, like you gotta, you gotta relax, man. You gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta move differently now because that, 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 that. You know, you like Philip is Philip. She went to Philip behind his back mm-hmm. <clears throat> to try to get him, try to get him back on track, and be like, yo, he's out of, he's out of sorts because you're not right. Yep, you get right, and he's, and we get our guy back. Like, yeah. and that's really hey. what's the most important thing. And especially by not spacing the captain as he asked, and then telling her, telling him why, and then mm-hmm. telling him why in a way that will make him look better. That also was like, and then when he's like, "What do you want?" and she's like, "Oh, I want Medina." He was like, "Wait, hold up, you want what?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you yeah. deserve all this. That's what you it's, think you deserve." It's, okay, it's classic okay. forty-eight laws of power, and, yep. and mm-hmm. 
Um, exactly. She she's not trying to outshine the master, but yep. she knows how to. She didn't lie. She said, "Oh, I want Medina." But, you know, you're the person that can deliver Medina for me. I'm supporting you to the very end, but we need you strong because yep. you are my mm-hmm. Yep. So she's so she's the, the person that would make a good leader, a strong leader, um, if not um, callous in some cases. But she would be a strong leader, stronger than, than him, you know, uh, to his the Talleyrand to, to his Napoleon, if you yep. will. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, it's it's interesting that that how that relationship um, has unfolded, and he because he's been taking L's since yeah. since uh, the beginning, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and every time he's tried to, you know, and he finally admits it, he wanted to kill Naomi and he wanted to kill Holden. Yep, um, and that was something he he had a, he had trouble doing, and probably would not have easily revealed um, in any other moment. Um, that's the one of those few moments of vulnerability that Marco Naros has shown to anyone. And yeah. in classic fashion, because that's what he taught his son and what he does with his son all the time. He tries to manipulate and maneuver things into, you know, you know, losses into victories and, and all this other junk. Philip was the one who called him out, was like, yeah, we didn't need to go after Holden. Why are you wilding out? Like, try, why are you trying to play like we needed to go after him? Like yeah. it failed because it was a fa- it was doomed to fail from the beginning. If you said for failure, and with Philip, I took props to him. I thought that the it was a good building moment on his character because mm-hmm. by sending them down to the skiff and he had to do you know quote unquote menial labor, then he went, once again started to put a human face in the actions that's been going on. So he's talking mm-hmm. to the you know his coworker, coworkers telling him about his brother and things that's going on and how they grew up on series. And if it wasn't for him, they, you know, and so you start to see Phil be like, okay, small things of just like okay, there's. There's the big thing going on, but there's also those real life people that are within it. And then mm-hmm. back to my fucking holding, uh, uh, you know, comment. They find the nuke that's uh, been disarmed. Therefore, a freaking free nuke once again to Marcos. And this is expand, so you know that's going to bite him in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> but I like that now. Philip's starting to put the pieces together on some just like, huh? Disarm nuke right before I hit, huh? Mom's on that ship. Huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe huh. maybe Holden's not such a such mm-hmm. a he not the same brand as yep. my, as Pops is over here. He's like, and, mm. Yeah, but oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, he's he's seeing that uh, uh, these things have been opening up to him since the beginning of the season, but even now, and going back to what you were saying about how they show those moments where you see who, how the people on the ground are affected, you know, that guy's brother still being at the station. Philip knows that they left him high and dry. His, uh, his brother, Mm -hmm. you know, they Mm -hmm. they stripped the station. They took, they made it so that those people would die in two weeks. If the, if the earth Mars fleet didn't help. So uh, it's, it, all those nuances are just rolled up in like, two minute scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then even the part where, you know, you get to, you know, drummer's awesome speech. Um, 
And so I think that was really dope too, because you started to see the crew actually starting to be like, oh, damn, maybe Marcos is kind of weak. And then, and then Philip stands up for him. But everything he was saying, he was more saying for himself, not for the actual mm-hmm. crew there. And that's, yeah. why, so that, that's why I was Good so passionate. Yeah. And so that was, that's why I was so passionate because he had to say all that stuff out loud so he could feel better about himself. But at the same time, now the seeds of, of darkness are very, very in there now. Before Philip was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and now he's finally gone through the other end where he's like, wait a minute. This might not be the right team. Hmm. Yeah. And then um, and now, finally, to wrap this up, uh D'Angelo's favorite character did make an appearance, and I will allow you to kind of talk about why that is significant. Oh yeah. So um We'll talk about so the the cold open is once again uh, the Columbia uh, storyline and um, in this episode the last episode we saw the the young boy Zan was killed by a Laconian uh, one of the rogue Martian uh, military uh, guys so this episode picks up at the funeral. Um, and everyone in presumably this colony on the planet is attending the military and the scientists and uh, the character who I've been waiting to appear since for a while <laughs> finally showed up. And you know what? I thought to myself, I was like, if they don't debut him in this episode and this because I read Strange Dogs and I so I knew that scene was coming. But I was like, if they had if they didn't debut him there, then there's no way that they're building toward um anything significant for beyond mm. this post post um, uh post, yeah, the post these, yeah. this next two episodes but he shows up and it was i didn't and here's the thing they really hid that cast from the internet because i that cast mm. because it's everything i searched and i was searching like trying to find out if they cast uh the character's name is winston duarte and for all of you for those listening and you watching have been watching and Winston Duarte has had a significant influence on the series and the story since uh, season four. Um, and his, the really since the, there's a moment in season four where Ashford in two storylines, uh, Ashford hunting Marco and uh, Bobby um, and civilian life went on Mars uh, and encountering the black market ring. But there's a moment where Ashford is, uh, they're interrogating a Martian officer, and then he ends up killing one of the uh, the belters that imprisoned him. And he says, um, the dream of Mars is, is not dead. It's about to be written large. And so that was the first, that was the very first reference to um, what's, what we're seeing now. Um, and uh, so Winston Duarte is a he really plays a huge role. He's basically the next antagonist uh, following Marco, but he's very different. Um, while he's significant in uh, the story so far is because that is the guy who supplied Marco with everything that he has to do what he did. Like that, it that was that's the person who mastermind mastermind the entire thing, and that's already been revealed just in pieces. But um, but he enabled Marco to because there was sort of a mutual thing. Like Marco would, would create chaos and allow him and his rogue fleet 
to slip through the ring gates into Laconia and do what they what they are doing now. So it was it was good to see him. I think the casting was great. Very much a regular middle, uh, just regular looking white dude with pale with pale skin and and, and green eyes and middle uh, management and, and pox scars and. Um, but he's he's very a very interesting antagonist. I don't want to call him a villain because he's not that type of dastardly villain but he is he is going to cause some problems for, for the character for the main characters so no twisting mustaches Damn. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah that that was a very interesting scene and you saw even that moment that is the type of character he is he, he so listens. you'll make a quick connection for me when you say um when you when you said the line about um about Mars not being, you know, Mars not being dead and it's actually writ large. What was the connection that you made? Well, so when Winston Duarte's talking to um, Kara, he says that sometimes you have to kill, sometimes you have to end or kill your dreams to start over or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can't say that just yet. No, you can't. Okay, okay. okay. Yep. All right, cool, that's good. Cool. I can't give you the only thing I can say is that that was the beginning of the seeding of where we're going. Okay, that makes sense. Right. We'll leave it. Okay. We'll leave it. So we'll yeah, we'll leave it there. Just to yeah, say we'll they've been mind. building since season four okay. to where okay. we're going. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you what that means until if they if after I'll tell you what after it after the end in the finale. Mm-hmm. We do this one for the finale, depending on what's announced uh, after, you know, it, it's oh, it, wraps. Yep. it wraps. Then okay. I'll talk about what that means. Yeah, Copy. yeah, dope. Okay, dope. got it. All right, I like that. We'll end it up there. Um, no spoilers. Is, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. spoilers. Def- uh, definitely avoided. <laughs> um, once again, everybody, thanks for uh, rocking with us. And this is Blurred Lines, and we out. Later.